Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Phil Tiger Slacker Hello Slacker friends, welcome to the first ever Slacker Friends podcast I hope your hair is quiffed and your cowboy boots are shined On this show we look at all the weird, wonderful, stupid, topical and ridiculous stories in the world of music with two special guests every week. We'll get to them in a little bit. I mean, you can see them now. Like, you can probably tell who they are. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, um, click below to subscribe and turn on the notifications for two to three videos um, a week. Uh, to be able to get this content and the Slacker podcast rolling, the show survives on the support of the Patreon. So if you enjoy this, get over to the Patreon and show your love for the price of a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Um, get on to patreon.com forward slash slacker podcast and there's fresh reviews up there of Haim and Phoebe Bridgers and loads of other stuff right let's get into this let's go this is slacker friends episode one introducing to you our first I don't know whether to call you contestant or guest contestant contestant I'm into that (laughs) doesn't sound right does it contestant (laughs) our first contestant And the theme tune music for our cunt guestant is... (laughs) Joining me this week, we have Fight Like Apes and the Galaxy Singer, host of Other Voices. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Maykay. Thank you for coming on the Slacker Friends podcast, episode one. Well, that intro, I, I'm, I'm not worthy. Are you feeling patriotic? <laughs> stunning. This is the Irish national anthem for anybody who doesn't know, and it also it goes on forever. It does go on forever, just like our patriotism <laughs> of Ireland. If anybody was wondering why we're playing the MIDI versions of things, it's because we can't afford to get the rights to play them on this show without getting it taken down. Um, Mickey, we're gonna we're gonna come back to you in a, a little minute because we've got sure. our other. I feel like I'm going to have to call everybody this from now on on every podcast. Our second cunt guestant, <laughs> contestant guest, is. <laughs> BBC introducing BBC Radio 1 for music. MOTDX, match of the day extra. The hostess with the mostess, Abby McCarthy, joins us and is our second Slacker friend. Hello. Hello, Phil. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Are you? 
Yeah, I'm all right. Do you, do, you, do you like the match of the day? I mean, I could have gone with like so many different music things because you are like 90% music, 10% sport, right? Yeah, no, but the match of the day theme is a banger. I, I quite like it. <laughs> I, I would listen to that. Let's just bye bye for a minute. I think this is the end. Oh, it's 20 more seconds. I can't be arsed. I can't be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, how's every, how's everybody doing? Everybody good? Start with you, Abby. What's What's been going on this week? Um, mostly melting, to be honest, in my flat. I can't really handle any kind of heat as the, uh, the pale English rose uh, that I am. And obviously we've had literally the hottest days of the year in the UK. So been struggling with that. Apart from that, listening to loads of music, doing my BBC Introducing show and generally being a bit of a nuisance. Just, just hanging out, hanging out and sweating and melting. Like I'm in a cabin um, in Brighton. I like, to, I like to call it my studio, but like effectively it's like a cabin for like an elderly person to stay in off the side of a house. Um, and I am that elderly person. And there's no AC in here. And listen to me, how American am I? There's no AC in here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm melting. But so if anybody's watching this on YouTube, which you can do, um, I will probably be. It'll be a whack t-shirt contest, but only with me in it at the end. So it'll, it'll be disgusting. <laughs> we'll be like puddles of sweat by the end. It's it's gonna be great. You can just watch yeah. us fall apart. <laughs> Big time, and make. Hey, how are you, how are you doing? What's going on? I am suffering from the heat as well, as they say. Um, I'm I am of the same skin type as Abby, so. Um, and also, I have three dogs and a cat outside who are really excited that I'm talking because they don't hear us talk a lot these days because we don't have people to talk to. Um, so they're barking really loudly, so I can't open the window. Well, like I've got my, my little dog, Rebel, who's um, been barking away loads as well whenever I get on Zoom. So like if they do do it, we'll just pull them in and use them as, as like collateral for, for the podcast. Nobody can get pissed off on a dog on Zoom, right? No, that's oh, content. Get them in. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you had had any problems with like a with sort of like the streaker uh, coming on Zoom? You know what I mean? When somebody coming into the room when you don't want them to be like, I, I feel like that happens to me at least once a day now. I did that to my sister. My sister does training, uh, uh, like media training and stuff. So she was doing a lot of stuff online lately, and um, I did that thing that I just thought I was too experienced for i walked into the room the camera was facing me and then i turned sideways as if then they wouldn't see me um so just looked double weird so i came in and then just went um and just stood froze there instead of leaving um and she had to really be like it's okay you can just get out and i was like okay and waved i don't know i can't i i, I really didn't think i was going to be that guy but i very much was i saw a video recently of um i think it was a politician being interviewed in northern ireland and there was somebody in the background was coming out of one of the shops and she froze and she did the same, same thing where she turned, oh, yeah. turned, turned sideways. But instead of like walking forward, she, she walked backwards. Like, you know, she walked backwards out of the shot thinking that that was going to be fine on a long, like a long shot. <laughs> she moonwalked out of there. It's exactly how I would like to leave a shot is moonwalking out of there. That is one of the funniest videos ever yeah that is amazing my, my the the meme game i mean like the meme game has been pretty strong over lockdown it's been keeping me going mm, yeah totally i feel like i've not had anyone walk in on any of my zoom calls but the other day i kind of caught myself out so a lot of us are doing it let's be honest zoom calls you look 
fairly normal on the top, but you're definitely wearing pajamas. Yeah, yeah. And then my my laptop was running out of charge. I was like, oh, I must go and get my charge. I just forgot and got up. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, I like your trousers. I was like, let's go with trousers. That's what it's it is. It's business, business up top, party down the bottom. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah, flip flops all the like way. It's like party up top. It's like party up top naps down the bottom <laughs> siestas on the bottom um so this is the first time we're doing the slacker friends podcast and um we've got loads of sort of questions and little bits to do around music um and, and we're gonna start like i, I f- fired all these sound effects in here and god knows if they're gonna work in any order right but like this is our first bit nope <laughs> that's a good start okay right here hold on let me let me go again that was a million years ago. Our first question, our first feature, that was a million years ago. I'm looking at uh, a story from the past in, in music, almost like a on this day, which we've basically ripped off. Um, Bob Dylan was awarded an honorary degree by the University of Scotland and made a doctor of music in 2004. Who do you guys think is the most intelligent musician of all time? Abby, Ooh. you go first. Oh, that's such a big question. I feel like you could obviously go for the greats like David Bowie, just because he reinvented himself throughout his career, put out so many albums and was still making just incredible music right up until the end. And just like the legacy that he's left behind, or you could say... Prince Ovs, one of the best musicians of all time. I think he can play literally all the instruments that ever existed, or nearly. And you know, guitar solo wise, he's he's the guy. But yeah. then I thought I actually want to look who is the most intelligent intelligent musician. <laughs> did you so look? Did online. you Google it? <laughs> so did I. <laughs> Got some facts for you. Um, so Brian May from Queen. <laughs> is super intelligent. He's got a PhD and everything in astronomy, I think it is. I, I was like, I, oh, hey. I actually knew Shakira. that. That's weird, yeah. Shakira's super intelligent. She's got an IQ of 140 because she speaks so many different languages. So look at that. Her brain wow. is not small and humble. <laughs> yes! Oh, yes. That took me a second. I need to get. Do you know what? For Slacker Friends episode two, I'm gonna have some air horns in for for little moments yeah, like that on. because that was just that was a mic, mic drop right there. I didn't know Shakira was um as uh, such a high high intellect as as she was. Mm. I knew I knew she was a, an incredible pop singer, an incredible uh, force to be reckoned with in Spanish music. But my God, yeah, IQ 140 is like a really high IQ as well, isn't it? Because I was suddenly like, oh, I wonder what mine is. And I got distracted doing a test, but I didn't finish it. Because I was like, I'm blatantly <laughs> going to be impressed. My IQ will be like really low and I'll be like, oh. See, I think like to do an IQ test, there's so many of them online. And like, I think like to really get it, you have to do an official one. I th- I did one, but I don't know if it was an official one. Um, And I did it just to prove me and my missus were having an argument about which one of us was smarter. And I was like, I'm, I am clearly much more intelligent. She was like, I am clearly much more intelligent. I was like, let's put, let's put it down to the IQ test. And I think I won by one. I think I was like 131 and she was 130 or something like that. That's still a humble brag, Phil. It is a humble brag. Cause then we both, then then I farted and passed out. (laughs) Ah, perfect. Yeah. The balance. Back in the room. Make what, what do you, what do you think? Who do you think is the most intelligent musician of all time 
Well, I did exactly what Abby did and Googled this to begin with, because the, the person that sprang to my mind immediately, I was just like, oh, maybe that's maybe that's ridiculous. For me, um, as a, for a songwriter, Jenny Lewis is number one for me in terms of somebody who can just, she just writes nothing but ballads. They're just these songs that encompass everything that she's talking about. So, I mean, since 2000, she wrote It's a Hit in 2004, which is one of the most brilliant, clever, funny uh, songs I think I've ever heard. Um, Just One of the Guys, which is a beautiful insight into misogyny and sexism and how it affects us as women, as opposed to it being about giving out about men, how it affects us is it's brilliant. And then the um, Better Son Daughter, which is about kind of suicide and depression. They're just all bona fide anthems. And I just think the way that she, it's that real conversational, confessional pop music, but just it's full of hooks. And that's such an incredible talent to be able to say so much in, with so little and tell so- stories and have conversations in songs. Um, so, and I've been in a total, I think my answer to almost every good question is Jenny Lewis. Because, <laughs> but because, I, I, I understand that. Like, I understand because yeah. like the intelligence that you need to be able to connect on a human basis it, mm-hmm. and connect to multiple, multiple types of people is, is, needs to be quite high because, I mean, you could be the most intelligent person and be able to write code for NASA or the CIA or whoever, but you might not be able to connect with two people. Do you know, there's, there's different levels of intelligence. It's so true. And that leads me on to Cardi B because she is the most, in terms of political commentators in music, Cardi B has been one of the most concise, clear headed speakers on the state of American politics lately. Mm. Whenever I see one of her, and I just think she's a buzz and she makes me feel like an elderly woman because whenever I watch her, I'm just like, she's going to do herself an injury with them nails. <laughs> but when I actually listen to her, I'm just like, yeah, exactly. So there is such a tremendous amount of intelligence in her that comes from that crazy confidence of just going here's what I think and I'm just going to say it you know we so often are like that can't make any sense what I'm saying or that that can't be valuable what I'm saying she just has that mad rare confidence where she's just like I'm going to fucking say it so Jenny Lewis and Cardi B there's a huge spread of answers here from like we've gone from Brian May (laughs) to Cardi B um two people yeah i'm all on the record yeah i'd say rarely in the same room at the same time maybe the grammys or something like that but we've also had answers about jenny lewis and shakira i i I was thinking myself i was like i'm gonna put brian professor brian cox in because he was the keyboard player or synth player if you will for d ream who wrote the yeah professor brian cox uh was in the band that wrote the number one hit hit banger things will only get better which was used for i think the benefits of new labor <laughs> so, well, i've always thought i'm going to call my firstborn professor that's good that's just their first and name. have their middle name is yeah. brian and then their last yeah. name is cox <laughs> it's, it's professor brian cox <laughs> can, can anybody do an impression of brian cox professor no, you surely can. This is why. No, you're... I can't. I can't. I can't do impressions of anybody. I really hate. Like, uh, I've got one setting, and it's like generic Northern Irish accent. <laughs> Number one. It's working. It's working for you. It is working. Right. I tell you what. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the. In an Andromeda light years away. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do it. Um, let's move on to um our hero of the week. 
I think that was what five seconds of the Foo Fighters. Do you reckon I'll still get sued for that? Oh, we'll see. If I play it again, I might. There we go. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> if you come on next week and there's a MIDI voice of, of somebody going, hang on, my hero. Oh, love that. <laughs> um, we're looking at like the, the hero and the the villains of the week. We'll start, we'll start with the, the hero. I don't have actually one for this. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean on you two for, for this. So Mika, who do you think the, the, the hero of the week has been? Now, this is terribly predictable of me that I'm going to say Irish women are my heroes of the week this week because for a few reasons. Um, there was a single of, uh, cover of Dreams by the Cranberries released, um, led by Ruth Ann Cunningham, uh, with 39 female artists on it, and it was released just to raise money for Safe Ireland, which is um, charity to dealing with domestic violence in Ireland. Um, it prompted a gender disparity data report by Linda Coogan-Byrne um, and showed some appalling statistics about um, gender-based um, playing on radio in Ireland. And it's, I mean, it's so bad. It's just so bad. Um, but this song has gotten to number two in the Irish charts and it's the only song in the top 20 in Ireland right now that features any females and it took 39 women on one track to get there. So it's a great thing and a bullshit thing as well. Like, mm. it's just such a shame that it took that. Um, and there's just loads of things coming out of that. I mean, there's been a national campaign to save the arts in Ireland at the moment, led by some incredible women. Loads of women speaking out about sexual abuse in the music and comedy industry at home at the moment. And just as a whole, there seems to be this, like, I'm all for burning the whole thing down approach but there just seems to be some seriously calculated, measured approaches happening at the moment. And they're so powerful and they're still loud, but they're powerful. Um, so they are my heroes. And even though it's kind of grim that all this stuff is happening, there's, there's change happening. Um, and the song is amazing. So, uh, yeah. Our what's the, what's the name of the song? Like if anybody wants to go and listen to it or find it from this, what are they type? So, so it's Dreams by the Cranberries and the group is called Women in Harmony. Incredible. Yeah, like yeah. There's been such a big movement in Ireland over the last couple of years, even on radio, to play more Irish music. But it turns out like they're playing maybe more Irish music, but more Irish men. So there's still a yeah. shitload of work to be done. I saw, I saw um, a friend of mine post something up that a big Dublin station in their top 20 tracks of the year didn't have one female artist. And that's not acceptable. Yeah so it's bad. not as crazy it's just crazy and, and one thing that i've been so conscious of over the last few years talking about problems in music um is i don't want to discourage young women from getting into music i don't want a 15 year old girl to be watching young woman i should say to be watching um me talking or anyone of my peers talking and saying that the, the odds are against you i don't want to say that so why the reason i find this kind of exciting now is that i can say to that 15 year old person yes there are problems but we're on them and mm. we're going to fix them and like there's going to be a change so um yeah it's it's wild like it's it's really ridiculous so yeah but but there's a change a coming all right abby do you think about that when you program your radio show like the balance that you have on your playlist um say for like an hour or two hour show of uh, the balance of women that are in there and the balance of 
of men that are in there because like i know i do like um yeah. and i know that sometimes if i slip and i forget about it my producer will remind me going and it's <laughs> it's, it's been the Amazing. other it's been the yeah. other way before as well where like yeah I, I, I remember my producer going, you couldn't stick a dude in there. It's been <laughs> women for the last <laughs> half hour. Yeah. It's because there's so much female talent around. I've done that before. I've like looked at a two hour show and I'm like, oh, wow, it's all women just by by chance. And that's mm. and that's amazing. Um, but a lot of the time I am like, yeah, I really want to play more females, people of color. You need to just represent everybody, don't you? And yeah. I think it's important to, to do that. Um but often it's just like I play what I like and hopefully that is also representative as well. But on the BBC Introducing Uploader, we've been doing like this big initiative called 50-50 to try and make every show 50-50 in terms of gender, just because there are a lot less women uploading to us. So there's less to select from to then play. Um, and it's been really nice over, over the course of this year, seeing more and more young women being inspired and then having a go at making music and uploading it and then you know us playing it and us making it record of the weeks and them getting played on radio one as well and six music and whatever so it feels like there's been a real movement but i think it's so important that we do think about it in our track list because kind of as may was saying if you don't see somebody that's like you you think you mm. can't do it you've got to see it to believe it haven't you so if you're a young woman and you're living in Ireland and you don't hear anybody on the radio really that's female it's hardly the most inspirational motivational thing yeah so it's, yeah it's got to change and we've got to be conscious of that as as presenters you need somebody with your own accent to to help you like out like that you know what I mean you need you need a hometown hero to help you step up to the next bit I mean as as fun as it would be to for like somebody like Ellie from Wolf Alice to like inspire you to go and be in a rock band like actually hearing somebody yeah. or knowing that somebody's within a stone's throwing distance from your house gives you that little more impetus I think mm-hmm. Abby who is your <laughs> sue me Dave hey so my hero of the week isn't really from this week it's from the past month so I am cheating that's fine but what are you gonna do Phil what are you gonna <laughs> do I'm gonna play this again <laughs> I love having sound effects, man. It's just made my whole life complete. Love it. I can see how the next like little while is going to go. So <laughs> I've gone for Stormzy because I, I just think he made a real big statement. Um, obviously, the Black Lives Matter movement, something that's been happening all around the world and is much needed. Everyone needs to be more actively anti-racist. But I think the music industry, a lot of people did the, the Blackout Tuesday thing where, you know, you post a black square on your Instagram, which is one thing, but it's about being active outside of that. And Stormzy, I remember thinking, oh, he's actually been maybe a bit more quiet on, on the matter than I thought he would be. Obviously, as one of the most influential black men in the UK. And then he just puts out this statement being like, I'm donating £10 million to organisations that are fighting racism. And I was just like, what a statement and what an amount. Mm. That is such a incredible thing to do and it's a real dedication because i think it's 10 million over the next 10 years so it being a million a year to really like keep that conversation going because i think people are worried that people posted this square or 
posted a bit about it or retweeted a couple of things and then aren't having these conversations. And he's using his influence to be like, come on, we need to do this. We need to do more. He's putting, and he's, he's literally he's putting his money where his mouth is. Like, and, yeah. and the thing is like, Stormzy is a recent OG as well. Like he's not coming at this with like 10 number one albums mm. and like, yachts and hundreds of millions of pounds he's not like a rolling yeah. stone or whatever like this is a guy who's just dropped the second album and sh- yeah. sure he's like one of the biggest in the uk i'm not certain like how well storms he sells around the world so uh, like do you mm. know what i mean like he's very very big in britain and i'm sure he's got his fan base in europe and the us as well and that's it got me thinking i was like that's a shit ton of money to him like i mean like, so much yeah. like 10 million pounds apparently it's half of it's it's half of his worth i think if not more no yeah um, you gotta put respect on his name his worth. You, mm-hmm. ha- you have to put respect on his name when he's doing something yeah. like that mm-hmm. absolutely and especially it was kind of difficult to watch um people ca- calling out some black artists and being like where are you on this first of all it's like first of all they're suffering and they're you know they're trying to make sense of all this so it was a crazy thing to target mm. black people who weren't speaking out and then for Stormzy to come out and be like here's what i've been doing it was like Man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a bit of a, it is a bit of a mic drop um so mm. our, our heroes of the week um uh are is the, the the cranberries cover of um i've forgotten the name of it already it's all right women in harmony women in harmony and um, dreams and um and stormzy for literally giving half his money to uh to black culture and and the, the like making black culture better in the uk so they are definitely the heroes. Well done. We salute you. Let's move on now to the villains. You're a piece of garbage. A real shitty piece of garbage. <laughs> Thank you very much to uh, Bojack Horseman for, for the, the, the rip of that one. Um, they won't sue you. They won't sue. Shocking. Come on. Like, come get, on. get in line. You're crack. You won't sue them. Yeah, come on, man. It's just a, just a guy making a podcast, trying to make a living, trying to make something of himself, eh? That's an impression. There you go. Yeah. That- yes. Come on. I did it. Thank God. I Actually, like it's running through my head now. I'm like, going, I'm going to get more sound effects for next week. <laughs> <laughs> um. So who's the villains of the week? Who wants to go first? Um, well, I'll go first and I, it's, I wanted to give you a funny one, but I just can't because my, my heroes of the week have to have a villain for them to have had to speak out. So my villain, my villain of the week, I'm going to put Joe Rogan as the villain because, um, I'm, 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 I'm done with him. Hold on. We're on a podcast and you're calling Joe Rogan the villain. Joe Rogan is like the king of these podcasts. That's like, um. (laughs) <laughs> that's like it's kind of rest there's a wrestling vibe off this situation it's like blasphemy uh the, the uh somebody once said that joe rogan was like the oprah of bros and so they were calling him jopra and i was like the joe the, the the jopra bros are gonna come at you make care for this but go go ahead i'm open-minded oprah does not deserve um <laughs> to be involved um I think since all of these things have been coming out lately, particularly uh, worldwide with comedy scenes, which I've never been involved in. So I, I didn't know, um, you know, just kind of the systems involved that like um, actual gatekeepers of very important comedy stages have been held by, those positions have been held by men, some men who have been 
horrendous and have exploited so many female comedians who have ended up just leaving the business because it's been too difficult. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I don't think we can change everybody. So there's creeps everywhere and they need to be held accountable. But people like Joe Rogan, who I just think have too much life experience and are too intelligent to keep platforming um, these men, I don't understand that. And I don't understand how he's doing it publicly. He's getting funded. He's getting paid by people. I just... I cannot understand it. And we've got clips online of men more or less admitting, not more or less, fully admitting to exploiting their positions um, for their own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's all just laughed off and it's just all feeding a really dangerous culture. So I'm hoping that the, yeah, I'm hoping that that's changing as well. It's very, it's very difficult to see how something that's, that's been that open um, can actually be, be, Washed. question i was going to ask you Mary, about about um joe rogan is that i i had um ksi on my podcast who's a massive youtuber right and he talked he told me and it was almost frightening really really he was saying like i can't be cancelled and i was like what what do you mean like of course you can be cancelled anybody can be cancelled and he was like no i'm on youtube we don't get cancelled and i was like what do you mean and he was like well pewdiepie said some anti-Semitic stuff and he didn't get cancelled and um uh was it Logan Paul or one of what Jake Paul, one of those ones um fell one of the brothers filmed a, a guy who's dead in, in Japan and he didn't get cancelled. And Joe Rogan's platform, I mean, it's soon to be Spotify, but it is YouTube. Like you can't see him getting cancelled for this, can you really? Um no, I, no, that's why um that's why people that's why I'm talking about feel like if there's mm. fem- young female comedians watching this, I don't want them to think that they can't um, still live their lives and their careers and have decent careers without having to deal with um, men like the men that Joe Rogan keeps having on his podcasts. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what to say to that because you're right. There's always it's it, it, like I'm I'm always I'm not saying it as a method of support. I'm saying it. It's kind of depressing. No, no. Like as in like I think that there's some people now that are so famous that they're kind of above the the ethical or moral code. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if enough people are still laughing, um, and and then and then you start that kind of conversation that it's like don't you let them people tell you that you can't find this stuff funny because then they, you know, then they're telling you, then they're policing your humor. That's when you get people into this little weird army vibe where they're like, yeah, exactly. And then things get edgier and people start doubling down on this style of humor they use and it getting more gross and more problematic um, because it's like people are, it's, it's, it's just a stupidest mentality to be like, I'm going to laugh at this twice as hard because you're trying to tell me it's... No, nah, that's that's not on. Joe, you're a, you're our villain. You're a piece of garbage. A real <laughs> shitty piece of garbage. Uh... <laughs> well, I'm never getting invited on his podcast. And I wouldn't go on it yes. now because of you, May Kay. <laughs> yes. See that? Solidarity. Abby, who's your... You're a piece of garbage. A real shitty piece of garbage. Uh... I went for a really silly one. Go on. I've Good. gone for... Uh, Lighten it Jason. up after, after May Kay there. I know, I feel like we need like a bit of a pause. We can edit that in and then I'll come in with my silly one. Uh, I've gone for Jason Derulo. Oh my God, why couldn't you have told me? Do you know, I wish I had asked about this earlier so I could have had a Jason Derulo sound effect. (laughs) 
I just heard him on the radio earlier on going, and I was like, give me that confidence. But also, so obviously the first thing we had was Jason DeVillo, but now he's done a remake of that song that's <laughs> everywhere on TikTok. You know, the one that's like, he's made it into an actual song and it's yeah. charting and it's horrific. Please, yeah. no one, but no one stream it. Do no you, one oh my God. Stop, it's enough. Do you think somebody like Jason Derulo enjoys his own music? Like, you know the way, like, like, like Mary, you play in bands, right? And like you play in bands, and and you, I, I assume that like you really enjoy the music of like Galaxy, and you enjoy the music of Fight Like Gibbs. Like I do, I love, I love both. I think they're great. Do you think Jason Derulo was like going having a laugh? Do you know what that vocoder on the end of my name? That sounds dope. I love that. I am into it. Maybe he does. I don't know because people do yeah. like it. It is popular. Like it, it is firing off the serotonin in a lot of people's heads. Like. You have, I mean, you just have to be into it. I, I, I kind of love the idea that he's at home just laughing his balls off going, <laughs> I, Jesus Christ, they're going for this again. This is incredible. <laughs> like, and the lads are all like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going on holidays again. Cause Jason's after saying his name on the top of the track that, again. That's amazing. Um, I, I would imagine him like, like just pissing himself laughing as like, yeah. one, like a robot butler comes over with like an ice cold, like glass of champagne. And he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, they fell for it again. Absolutely yeah. hilarious from me. <laughs> Actually, I, I thought when you said Jason Derulo um, about that song, um, there was a very clickbaity article that came up today, and I scrolled past it, and I just was type, looking at it there now, and it says Jason Derulo says his he was in like the film Cats, you know that like really. Oh, yeah. I never, I never watched I mean, it. I heard it was a masterpiece. Horrible. It was so bad that I was obsessed with it. I absolutely them. So yeah, Jason Derulo, Jason Derulo was in it, and it, and the the headline is on the Rolling Stone, and it says, "Much to his dismay, Jason Derulo's penis in Cats is smaller than he would like." They CG'd oh. <laughs> in his words. Oh, hon, I'm sorry. They, oh, I'm so they sorry. CG'd they CGI'd the dick out. The new rum tum tugger <laughs> said regarding his role in cat. What's a rum tum? Tugger? I don't know. It's one of the cats. Oh, okay, right. I mean, I, I've never like. Is it even a book? I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I've seen it. I saw it in Covent Garden when I was um, small. Okay, so have anybody have any seen the movie? Wasn't like Helen Mirren, and it wasn't like a, an incredible cast. A mega cast, because like Taylor Swift was in it as well, wasn't she? Like right at the end, and who else? Judy Dench. Oh, of course, yeah. Um. Oh, maybe uh, it's Judy, Judy Dench. Singer who did Memories. Um, oh, Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, she's quite a big part in it. I mean, and James Corden's in it. It's loads. It's like a proper. Idris Elba. Cast, yeah. Ian McKellen. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, Ray Winston. <laughs> Imagine Ray Winston. I'd watch McKellen. it again. <laughs> I was a big fan. I can't tell. You know, when you, you're into so much stuff because it's crap, but, but then actually, I do get confused myself whether I actually liked that or not. And I suspect that I did. <laughs> Well, that's that is our that is our villain um, of the week. Uh, we've Jason got we've, we've got Jason uh, Joe Rogan and um, Jason Derulo as our villains. I mean that that seems that seems perfectly fine. Um, yeah, that's we've got like a, a, a new story came out this week was Paris Jackson um, had dropped her first EP of music, and it causes a little bit of a stir when um, 
the daughter of, of Michael Jackson releases some music, like you really want to hear what it's like. Do you want me to play a little blast of it? That's what I was lining that up. That's what like clipped in at a really <laughs> inappropriate time, Mary, when you were like, like oh, t- talking perfect, about that. Actually. And I was just like, oh God. Um, <laughs> uh, this is. <laughs> I'm so shit. Oh, Such a shit person. It gets worse the more I think about it. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, this is um, the Sound Flowers and Geronimo, uh, Paris Jackson singing on this. Haven't picked up a six string in a long, long while. What, Brian Adams much? I can't remember the last time I wrote a song. There now. <laughs> you broke my heart. So many times I stopped counting, no longer know why I still care. So there's a, a little blast of um, Paris Jackson's band, The Sound Flowers. The track's called Geronimo. And I mean, perfectly reasonable acoustic pop. I mean, I, I, I don't love it. I don't particularly hate it either. It's just. The sort of oh god! It's the sort of music That's you just the hate. worst review just ever. Hate. Like, yeah. it, it stirs nothing <laughs> in me. Like I, I can understand why people would like it, but I, it's it's not even rice bland to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds it's like, like worst... um. Go on. I was gonna say that's almost the worst review, though. It just makes you feel nothing. That is, <laughs> that is love, isn't it? That's so. That's so I don't oh, even. God. I don't even feel strongly enough that I hate it. Yeah. I don't yeah. love it. I just don't care. I just don't yeah, care. Yeah, and I actually don't remember what we were talking about. It was so bland. <laughs> so, but like, uh, it sounds like that off the soundtrack for Nashville, but but maybe maybe it wouldn't because those, that's a great soundtrack. Um, but it doesn't, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I hate it that she's called, um, she's just called Michael Jackson's daughter in the, in the headline and then the the, the question is is this a thriller in enemy uh, that's like, i mean oh, that's not on, fair I, like <laughs> it, it does get you thinking though because like if your dad is like cristiano ronaldo or your dad's like pelle in football like you're never going to be as good as them because they are like the the goats at that game and when it comes to music the question i really was thinking about regarding this was what child of a big star has managed to not be totally terrible? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, I think there's a, there's a few that are making music like right now that like immediately pop into my head. Obviously, Mabel, who's... Nana Cherry's daughter, who is just an absolute legend. I'd say Mabel's and probably sold more records than her ma has at this stage now. Yeah, you know what? Maybe she has. But her she mom was the number one artist. Like, like Mabel has streamed something shocking. It's hard to compete. Yeah. Like I'd imagine around the Christmas table, they're like, "Well, I've sold more records than you. <laughs> well, I've sold more singles than you." <laughs> <laughs> but I've streamed more than you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. She's definitely. Like, get the Pringles. <laughs> yeah, but she's had like mad success it feels like she's been in the charts since she started mm. and is probably still in the charts now um so she's done really well and the other person that i'm thinking has had a really good year music wise and put out an amazing album is georgia because her dad neil isn't it is in left field and i, I feel didn't like, know that what yeah so she posts wow. up she posted up like a little while ago a photo of her side of stage at glastonbury when they like headlined and I was just like what an amazing childhood it must be just like watching your dad kill it in front of all these people God. and I feel like her second album for me is just like dance for bangers it's so good and I feel like that's because she's like lent into her love of rave and mm. you know all the thing all the music I guess her dad would have brought her up on and and got her into so what was that single like, from last year it was it about the dance floor about work the dance about floor. Work it's like the a dance radio floor. DJ's yeah. nightmare, isn't it? You feel like you've said it wrong and you're like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It really is. <laughs> that Am I was, drunk again? No, it's fine. That was one of the best pop songs um, of that year it came out. I think it was like last year or the year before, but like it was an incredible, like Georgia, it's, yeah, big, big time. Um, that yeah. album. Sing, really Sing it, Phil, there, I don't know it. <laughs> I'm not getting into just it. Just like anymore. the record, that. Just like exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my dad. My dad's not in left field. My dad used to go line dancing. So, like, you know, there's a big, there's a big difference there. <laughs> I'm from Northern Ireland. They go set dancing or line dancing. That's all we do up there. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, like, I you blew my mind with George's dad being in left field. Um, yeah. Mayke, what are you saying? Who do you think is like a, a the the spawn of uh, a famo that's actually pretty good um right i just have to tell you the first person that came to my mind is Cher because her mum's georgia holt who's an amazing country singer i didn't um, know hold on you, how old was you she? both look really confused is Cher, like, how old like, i'm confused because like i'm like is Cher's mum still alive because isn't Cher like about 80 uh she's not 80 oh you can't she is that. i'm um, not i'm not even being facetious like i'll google it now like i'm not going oh isn't share like 90 or whatever Cher's she 74. is she's literally like oh she is 74 but that's like that's near oh, 80 than 16 looks fantastic i thought she was like in her 60s fair play yeah i mean yeah, she looks, she looks brilliant Flipping wow hell shares mom yeah she's an amazing artist she released a new album a couple like a few years ago wow. well in the last decade anyway 
But sorry, that's the first person that came to mind. Also, is Denise Welsh a big star? <laughs> Denise Welsh off of... Because her son is Matt Healy from the 1975. Yeah. Oh, so, the... I mean, this answer depends entirely on if you consider Denise Welsh. I mean, in some circles, Denise Welsh is a superstar. I would say she's a star. Yeah, definitely would. She's oh, like yeah? um, done a lot on Loose Britain right. and Coronation Street and lots of... So mm-hmm. Also, her uh, the, the Maddie's dad is... Um, What's his name? Uh, he's an actor. Tim Healy. Well, yeah, he, he was in Off Feeders in Pet and um, oh, wow. all that sort of stuff as yeah. well. And it's weird because like <clears throat> his dad's like quite short and stout, and mm-hmm. like actually when you like look at them, the dad looks like he would be sort of like drinking down a worker man's club, like that sort of vibe. And obviously, <laughs> Maddie looks like he'd be drinking like you know cappuccinos like uh, <laughs> outside like a, a artisan bakery in East London. <laughs> And actually, Phil, look- I love the way you think cappuccinos are like peak. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. Well, what, what's the peak hipster like coffee drink? Because I don't know anything about it. Like mocha latte. Yeah, like yeah, flat white. That's, that's quite yeah. hipster, isn't it? <laughs> drink a cappuccino. I think. I don't know. I I think that. Um, I think you might have this one, Mike with um, the, uh, with uh, Maddie Healy from 1975. Two two answers I had was Miley Cyrus because she was Billy Ray Cyrus' daughter, and pro- oh, probably course. still is. Um, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. The, um, Hopefully, still is. Yeah. And yeah. Elias. Uh, sorry. Uh, oh God, I don't pronounce his name. I've met him and chatted to him loads. Um, Oh, Elijah from Elijah. Inhaler. Yeah, Elijah from Inhaler. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, just, I just had a, had a ma- mind fart. Yeah, Bono's son. Yeah. I, I remember and what, he is a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, he's so. a total dude. I've met him like two or three times now, and he's, yeah, he's, he's lovely. Um, there's a little clip here that I'd like to play. Um, it's a enemy interview with James McCartney, who is Paul McCartney's son. Um, and it's around about the time that he was releasing some music. And they did a 60-second interview with them. I'm going to play the whole thing. You won't hear the questions in it because they're just written down. So I'm going to call the questions out as we go along. This is from 2012. And the breadth of answers that James McCartney, Paul McCartney's son, gives in this is absolutely astounding, right? I'll play the journalist. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, starting in now. Who is the greatest rock star of all time? My dad. Name a song you wish you'd written. Let it be. Oh, if I came to your house, what would you cook me? Vegetables. Who would play you in the rock biopic of your life? Oh, um, who would play them before? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Great. Three records Great. you would take on a desert island? Um, never mind. Let it be and <laughs> Abbey Road. If you had the power to Uh-oh. make any band reform, who would it be? The Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> What tip would you give to a new band just starting um, out? Just write lots of songs. <laughs> and if you had a house party, who would play at it? Yeah, the Beatles. What is your non-musical skill? Um, yeah, uh, art. And who would, art. who would you describe your music in one word? Just rock and roll. They, if you could raid another artist's wardrobe, who would it be? The Beatles. The Beatles. No, they're the best. <laughs> So um, there you go. That's uh, James James McCartney's answer to pretty much every single question was the Beatles or vegetables. And then they asked for his non-musical um, skill and somebody else had to tell him what it was. They were like, art. And he was like, art. Oh, wow. I just don't know if James McCartney has independent thought. 
Like there's AI, oh, yeah. there's AI with more independent thought. <laughs> it's kind of sweet, isn't it? But it's also like, are you okay, hun? Yeah. Yeah, it does. There is a, there's a nice, charming amount of loyalty in there. Um, but it's almost as if the Beatles weren't doing that well and he needed to plug them. And he's like, the lads, they're, they're struggling. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to mention the Beatles love in this interview to get their numbers up. Great, great, oh, James. Great new band coming through the BBC Music Introduce and Uploader, isn't that right, uh, yeah. Abby? Like, all the Beatles, oh, they sound okay, actually. <laughs> um, Glastonbury was meant to be this week. Um, I was meant to be at it. Uh, were, you, were either of you two going to it this year? No, I wasn't. I always have the feeling that I'm going. I somehow like seem to blag it quite a lot. So I'm I I feel like maybe I would have been, but I probably wouldn't have been. For anybody who feels like they're missing out in Glastonbury this year, let me like give you a little blast of uh, Adele talking to her audience at 2016. Have any of you had to do a piss like down the front? Yeah. Have any of you had to do a shit? Someone point me because someone over there, one of you's done a shit. Is that piss in that cup? Well, don't fucking throw that at me. Don't throw that at me. Do you know how rock and roll I am? Not very, but the BBC had to give a warning about my potty mouth. Before I went on, I bet Muse didn't get that. I didn't get a warning beforehand. <laughs> I don't think, no. yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody cares as much uh, about about them as they do Adele. Um, savage, absolute savage. I love savage. Adele. Classy, bougie, ratchet. I, I feel like oh, it was written for Adele, wasn't it? <laughs> so and that just that she. I mean, I know it's been said so many times, but just that the next thing to happen is that like perfect voice, like old timey beautiful voice to come after. You found a shit like that's. <laughs> absolutely stunning i wonder is there any artists that are like on the other spe- side of the spectrum where they're very softly spoken and then they get on the microphone they're like piss shit <laughs> 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 yeah there has to be we must be fans of them it has to be mm-hmm. so I they, b- I because we're missing out in festivals completely this year which is uh, an absolute uh, bummer for for all of us uh, I, I wanted to sort of make it a lot, lot easier for anybody who's watching or listening to this um, today. What is the worst ex- experience that you've had at a at a music festival? It'll make us feel a little bit better for missing it. <laughs> One thing always pops into my mind, and it's not really bad, but it just yeah, it sticks in my mind. Is the first festival I went to was Reading Festival, like the classic rite of passage. Got my GCSE results. Me and some mates went to Reading Festival for the first time. This was in 2008. And obviously one of the best things about a festival is when there's like whispers across the campsite about the huge special guests. And there were this band on the BBC introducing stage called the FFers. So everyone was like, oh my God, it's it's code. It's, it's the Foo Fighters. And then I remember going oh, onto their God. MySpace on my like rubbish little phone at the time. And they're... MySpace photo was of Dave Grohl, so we were like, "No, no, no, no! This, this is legit. Oh like, this is this is happening." Oh God, and they've right. like really planned it. Yeah. So like, me and all my friends were obviously like so excited. I hadn't seen Foo Fighters at that point, and they're like one of my favorite bands. So we were like running to the BBC Introducer stage, like in our wellies through the mud, like, "Let's go, let's go!" And then we got there, and there was obviously so many people there. So the Introducing stage, obviously for like new and emerging musicians, is one of the smallest stages. 
and there was like a main stage crowd there. And then, you know, everyone was chanting, everyone was getting fully excited. And then this ba- this random band came out and they were like, oh my. hey, William Peppers. <laughs> and they just got bottled with piss. And oh, they, left. Oh, they were on stage, I would say, for about 10 seconds. Because everyone was just like, oh. it was just, oh. Is that and what was, they were actually called? Was it, it wasn't like a Yeah, they were actually called stunt? the Peppers. Oh, Why? That's, I'm in pain. Oh my God. It's so cringe, isn't it? Also, I like, was so disappointed at the time, but now I actually just feel really sorry for them. And I'm like, where are they? If they're watching this or listening to this, please tell us. Get in touch. Oh, lads. I do. I want to hear that story from from them. Yeah. uh, They must have walked out like, wow, loads of people are here. If those guys, uh, 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 anybody knows those guys, pass this on to them and tell them to get in touch with me because I want to get them on. Um, wow, that's a good idea though. If you if you are playing at a festival and you want to change your band name anyway, just like maybe change the vowel in in like one of the like a famous bands like names. So like instead of ca- Catfish and the Bottle Man, you should call yourself Catfish and the Bottle Man. And Uh-oh. yeah, and everybody like, oh my god, they're on so early. They're playing um at a burger joint. <laughs> oh well, that's that segues nicely into my story. Go on, go on. <laughs> So um, we played Glastonbury a couple of times at Fight Like Apes and um, we, the first year we played, um, I don't know, you just kind of, obviously I've lived a, re- a reasonably nice life because you just kind of assume once you're, when you're inexperienced, once you get given a gig like Glastonbury, you're going to be looked after in some way. But then you realise that Glastonbury is a city and there, you know, has different degrees of, of um of care given to each artist. And I mean, we got like dropped at the gate and we had to get, we had to walk across the main stage crowd to where, to where our stage was because we didn't have back road access and stuff. Um, Big Jeff from Bristol um, went by on a truck and of course you bump into Big Jeff when I'm in the middle of <laughs> Vampire Weekend we're playing. Yeah. Uh, we were there with our gear. It was just the crappiest thing ever but we were still so excited to be there um but then when we arrived at the stage it was the back of a of a truck kind of a thing and then like six people arrived i knew five of them and the sixth one was like naked with an irish flag around him he was just just there out of solidarity and to be totally honest i loved the gig because we weren't expecting anything anyway yeah um and i'll tell you the second time we played i think was bbc introducing and that was that was our 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 reward for the crap first one. Um, oh my I god! I mean, it was just the you build it up in your head. World. You build yeah, it up exactly. in your head. Yeah, exactly. And you tell you? everyone. Yeah. That the worst part is t- when you come home and you're like, and they're like, "What was it like?" Oh, perfect. Yeah, it was. It was great. But I mean, that's the worst part. It's a massive box tick. It's like. Yeah, it's very easy. It's a as again like another humble brag. Like if you're in the pub, going, "Oh yeah, I play Glastonbury," or "I play Glastonbury twice." Mm-hmm. I mean, the the, the, the might have been the the shittest set, or it might have been like yeah. like like <laughs> you might have been busking out outside the front of it. Oh, I play Glastonbury. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's still the first line of your press release, regardless <laughs> of how yeah, the actual yeah, exactly. Game went. Sorry, BBC introducing wasn't Glastonbury, but um, so I don't get that wrong. But yeah, like. And that's happened loads of times. Anybody in a band will have a story about a festival experience like that. But I mean, those guys giving themselves that name, 
that's like people who lie about their height or something like that on online dating. <laughs> just like, what is the point in that lie getting get you? Out. Have you yeah, had? Have you very had, obviously? Have you yeah. had that? Have you ever turned up and somebody said that they're like six five and they turn up? You turn up and they're five five. No, I've never gone on a on an online based date before, um, and and I mean for reasons like this, and not that I would mind. It just seems like a truly bizarre thing um, to 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 lie about. Give yourself a chance. <laughs> Well, um, that moves us on to our, our next bit. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. Which is, that's how I know you. This is like uh, <laughs> our, 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 um, our little space um, for us to, to talk about those random experiences that you have bumping into um, either hi- uh, heroes or idols or, or like famous musicians or sports stars or whatever. Uh, and I kind of like this came from a, a sort of thread that I started on my Facebook and it's about 124 comments deep at the minute, and I've got loads of voice clips off them. So I'm going to play one in now from a, a friend of mine called uh, Johnny, who also back in, he, he's a promoter back in, in Belfast, Chisney Promotions, and, go, and and goes under the goes under the name Stone Frog. <laughs> Hi, Johnny. And Johnny, Johnny is a number one melter um, himself, yes. which, which he will also attest to. But this is a story that he'd sent in about Coolio. I think one of the weirdest situations I've been in with artists so far is taking Coolio to Argos and sitting and watching him flick through the Argos catalogue, uh, looking at Scrap Jeweler. It was pretty embarrassing, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think that yeah. might have been the same tour that Coolio went to play in Castle Derg, which is a small, small town in Tyrone. And I've grown up in Tyrone my whole life and I've never even heard of one gig in Castle Derg. And now Coolio's going to play there. So, yeah, that's Johnny's story. If anybody else has got a good story of a sort of bump into or a, a strange experience that they've had with somebody in the musical community then send me an email slacker.ptag at gmail.com or just send me a dm um abby starting with you who's yours um a couple so the first one was um when i was still a producer and i was really new at this point um one of my first jobs was working at six music so i was assistant producing steve mac show and there is a toilet right by the studio. So obviously you don't want to be away for too long because you're working on a live show. So I like quickly ran to the loo and then I literally came running out of the toilet and like went with someone. I like looked up and it was Idris Elba. And I was like, oh, I'm, oh. So, I'm so sorry. Did you run into Idris so Elba's elbow? <laughs> Very good. And um, he just smelled the best. It was, of course. Uh, I, if I closed no my I could still, I could still smell the scent now. It was divine. That's uh, oh my so that always pops into my head because I like literally collided with him and he was just like, "Oh, it's fine, don't worry." He, and I was so embarrassed. He's an absolute. Like you're like, don't worry. Here's a hug. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> Can I just hold on to you for ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, I'm really freaked out. Do you mind if we hold? Yeah. Uh, oh, he's a, he's an absolute unit as well as Idris Elba. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's exactly. a big guy. He's I not. Probably, Probably did myself some damage there, but um, yeah, he was he was really sweet about it. And then the more recent one is I was uh, at the Seabright Arms, which is where I do my gig night, which is called Good Karma Club. So it's just like a monthly gig night where I put on a bunch of my favorite acts. So it's this like small boozer. I was there with my fiance and a couple of our mates between bands, just having a pint. 
And then I noticed my fiance was like looking over my shoulder and like literally was losing the ability to speak. And I was like, are you okay? I was thinking you've only had two pints. Are you all right? And then his friend next to him also was like, and like freaking out. And I was like, okay, what is going on? And they couldn't even get out what they were trying to say. So I turned around. Have they been spiked? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what I realised. No. And then I like looked behind me and at the bar, it was Alex Turner for the Arts <sighs> Monkeys. I was just like, what? Never seen him in the flesh. What? And I was, and they're like my favourite band. I've got um, the AM logo like tattooed on my That's arm right, and yeah. I'm obsessed with them and always have been. So I, then I was losing it and I was like, oh my God, like he's at my gig night, what do I do? But I ended up going over to speak to him because I was just like, Fuck it. They're my favorite band. I've just got a, I've got a seize the opportunity. And he was really nice. And yeah, he'd come down to check out one of the acts. Just had a really nice chat about music and he was just lovely. But um, I couldn't believe he was there. Did he have he was just like what? Did he have sunglasses on indoors and what was he drinking? What was he drinking? It looked like some sort of lager. Um, and he was just he had like his hair was really long. Um, and he was just like all in all in black, classic. Uh He's, he's quite, star, he's quite, but he's, he was quite unassuming. He was yeah. just literally there, just acting like it was his normal pub and that it was fine that he was there. Whereas, and it was funny because when I was speaking to him, I'm obviously there like deep breath, deep breath, deep breath, mm. like try and be normal. And then as I'm talking to him, you realize more and more people are staring at you because you're t- like talking to him. And it's just funny because he's just there with his lager, like just being lovely chatting. And the whole pub is staring at him. And you do just think, like, being that famous in a way must be, must be so must be weird. You can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, like... Yeah, you're probably constantly waiting for someone to walk over to you rather yeah. than... At least he got you. I'd say he liked meeting you. Uh, well, let's let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I definitely am. That's, that, that's, a, that's a real good one. If I was, like, a, if I was like, like super-duper famous, like, sort of, like, Alex Turner, Bill Murray famous, what I'd do, and I'd say I was a little bit of a dick as well, I'd come into, like, a restaurant or whatever, and I'd just, like, sign a load of, like, autograph cards and just put them on the, like, little chair at, at the door and go, guys, if you want an autograph, there it is. There it is. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea, yeah. Quite efficient, actually. Um, Alex efficient. Turner, Idris Alba. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. <laughs> May, May K, who's yours? So, I, well, I have two, and I didn't know we were doing good ones. So, um, I, my, anyway, you know when you're like, who do you, who's your, like, drunk dial late at night? Unfortunately for my mum, it's her that I ring, you know, at 3 a.m., and I'm like, yes. Um, anyway after a gig in London and we've been on tour a lot and my mum was worried about my behaviour when I was away. So obviously to alleviate that, I ring her at like 3 a.m. to tell her that I just met Spider from Carnation Street. Um, Major. Like, uh, incredible, like, I nearly spat water over everything. <laughs> like, if she wasn't worried enough, I, and I mean, in my defense, I wouldn't have rang her if I met Alex Turner because I don't think she would have cared that much. But no. she, she watched Carnation Street all the time. I was like, and you know, and I couldn't, I couldn't wait even till obviously till the next morning to ring her. <laughs> I was so sure that she'd be so excited about it. So yeah, well, she's like, "What drugs are you on? How many have you taken? Are you with people you trust? Like crazy." But I genuinely, there had been a drink taken, but I genuinely thought that it would be really um, amazing. That, it really it, it genuinely is like i mean like around that time <laughs> Thanks, Sp- spider was known as the sort of crusty uh hippie version of the uh, character in coronation street and 
from my memory, I mean, I think this is probably the last moment that I remember watching Coronation Street. He used to wear a ripped, stripy mohair jumper and had like maybe a single dread going down the back. Real sexy stuff. Very sexy stuff. Um, My other one was um, when I was in Austin one time and uh, I was at a gig and... There was a lot of, you know, like Austin in a re I mean this in a really good way, particularly around Austin city limits or except I said West is very networky thing. So you're kind of in the middle of a very eclectic bunch of people. And some of them are, you know, it's a couple of um, p- political people involved in this little group of us having a drink outside and whatever. But Lance Armstrong arrives in um, As with, he does. with a mixed response. Um, some, I was just like, I'm, like fascinated by him as a, a, a lot of people are did he take his um, helmet off and then you were like whoa it's him and he's wearing a yellow yeah. jersey <laughs> like he um someone they were talking about the school system i don't i don't remember exactly the details they're talking about the school system he obviously decided that i was this reckless irish person so he could he could he's like just just glued to me i obviously appeared completely unjudgmental um so he glued to me i was just completely like, is this happening? And then someone said something about them introducing drug testing into schools, random drug testing. Did you go? And he said to me, he whispered, no, he did. <laughs> he whispered to me, he whispered to me, I hope they don't do that in my kid's school. And he was joking. Yeah. But I, I was just like, oh, please tell me somebody else heard that, you know? And I just like, what have I done in his presence to make him think I was the one? To he'd be like, she'll think this is gas. Well, you, you're I, he, you're Irish, so like he, he just automatically thinks, go, oh, they love the crack. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, I, I have to stress, he was joking. Yeah. But I mean, it was just one of those things that I was just like, I don't know if anyone's going to believe me when I tell them this, you know, oh my or God. what you thought that you thought I was the one that was going to nudge him. <laughs> no, sir. He did the nudging. Well, that uh, we'll put uh, in the bank uh, for for Mayke, uh Spider and Lance Armstrong. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. <laughs> fair play, fair play to the Perrys. Uh, right, our final final bet before um, we, we we say goodbye. We have got uh, it's time. I think is because I'm doing this for the first time. I'm really not quite sure how to introduce any of these clips because I'm like, uh, so I'm just gonna go. Yes. I'm gonna push this button. I fucking love this band. <laughs> they are ah. the best band ever. Period. There you go. So, I'm asking you like uh, your favorite new releases, bands, artists, uh anything that's like that you want to share that maybe people haven't listened to. Um starting with you, Mickey. Uh so I know that you guys played Thumper before they released a single called Ad Nauseam a while ago. She's amazing and they just released Toe for Grace this week and they're one of my favorite bands. Um they're one of those bands that give me a little pain in my heart at the moment because they're just at that point in their career where people need to see them live. Um, they're so brilliant live. Um, I was at a point, uh, at a couple of points in the last 10 years at the stage they are now. And it's just that one where you're playing those smaller venues, 200, 300 capacity venues. And that's the difference between, you know, what you can do what festivals you can do the next summer and what you can't do so i'm so gutted for them that they're having to cancel uh, touring plans at the moment but um toe for grace is a deadly single and they have their album ready to go i think it's being released next year um the other one which came up in my mind because of i was on that jenny lewis train so 
kind of the Frug era Jenny Lewis reminds me of this new track by Alvaredi um, called Personal History. No, Time Difference is the name of the single. Um, Alva, in case I know that some people listen to this, it's A-I-L-B-H-E or E-D-D-Y. Um, <laughs> as she's an amazing artist. She's got another single coming out next month, an album later in the year. So yeah, Thumper and Alvaredi. I haven't heard Alvaredi before. I've, I've seen... I've heard a lot of Thumper. I, I like Thumper. They're they're great, proper blistering rock and roll, but a yes. little bit of punk rock in there too. Um, and they have they have two drummers, right? Yes, yeah, they do. I saw them at Eurosonic Festival, and for ages I was like, "Is there a mirror on stage? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> and then I, realized, <laughs> I was like, "This is amazing. I've never seen that before." Like, it, yeah, it was yeah. So the cool. Go Team, the Go Team is the only band I've seen do it before, um, and I know it's one of those things that like. You want a band to give themselves a chance, then like if a, if a, if a bigger act want to take a band on tour, you need to really convince them to take a band on tour that has two drummers. Yeah, yeah. So, big time. Um, big time. We, we have to double down on selling comfort to people. Yeah, <laughs> huge. Um, Abby, what about you? Um, what have I been listening to? I'm, my favorite song of the whole year is "Black Dog" by Arlo Parks. I just oh, think absolutely. The most beautiful, like honest thing. And I think anybody that suffers with their mental health will re- really resonate with that song. And I just think it's just, it's literally just the perfect song. It's something that I know that I will keep coming back to even in like a couple of years. So yeah, Arlo Parks is just a genius. There's lot, there's just so much good stuff around at the moment. I really like Luce, who's a new singer-songwriter from Ireland. Um, Holly Humberston, I think is wicked as well. Um, but in terms of like albums, what I've had just like on repeat over the last couple of weeks is that new Heim record? It's so good. Yes. Oh, I Eleven but, out of ten from me. I'm I actually, I actually did a review really of it. <laughs> I did a review did of it. Did you? Did you give it eleven out of ten? I gave it seven. I give. Oh, I, that's, well, everybody thinks that's seven. That's, everybody thinks seven is a bad mark. Seven is really good. Like if seven was like a a, a, a grade, it would be like a B plus, wouldn't it? It's, yeah, that's oh, fair. Yeah. But it's like they they had um there were sixteen tracks on it and I listened to it over and over again and I just every time I was going through it I was like if this was eleven tracks it would be fucking dynamite there's about yeah there's about three mean, or four tracks you know. in there you could just get rid of and it would be the the streamlined pop fucking banger of so many different I mean they've got like R and B and G funk and like electro yeah. and eighties yeah there's like some real prince moments and stuff in it as well isn't it yeah, it's, lot, it's really cool I really stuff. like it yeah I think I think they needed to, to make that album this time around as well because the first album and second album there wasn't too much differentiation between it and if they had yeah. done that again the third one people would have lost interest. Yeah that's exactly I'm willing to say like. sixteen tracks is seven tracks too long. Definitely for me. Do you reckon what like do you like a nine track album? I love it. Before I've even heard it, we're not even discussing a particular artist, and I already love the album you're talking about that only has nine tracks. You said short and sweet. I get that. I think maybe I've loved it so much because I've had more time than ever to listen to music in lockdown. So I've like really taken in all sixteen tracks. Mm. Whereas, yeah, normally if I saw sixteen, I'd be like. What are you playing at? Like you could have <laughs> just done ten, and it would be and it'd be fine. That would be plenty. Well, no, I feel bad, so I am going to absolutely listen to that Heim record with 
uh, an open mind on an open day um, to listen to. Yeah, so, yeah you need yeah, a lot of time. Definitely. 16 yeah. tracks worth of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the ones that like you take out of it still aren't even that bad. There's just one track in it that really gets me, and it's in the middle of it. And I, oh, fuck, I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but it just sounds like sounds like supermarket music from the 80s and it's just like no <laughs> all the rest of it's great they absolutely nailed it and i mean I, 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 i'm finding it difficult now that i've got people on the podcast and i'm reviewing their albums as well so i'm gonna have to look at them dead in the eye going this is what i fucking think man <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's gonna be awkward um <laughs> what i was gonna say uh yeah well the final bit of the the, the podcast now is called portrait of a patron um where uh, we just look at uh, a, a patron that um, is donating and keeping the Slacker podcast and Slacker Friends podcast going. Um, our friend Sam, uh, our patron, has uh, sent us in his favorite record of all time, which is, by the way, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is still one of my favorite like gigs that I've ever been to, seeing the Chili Peppers at Slaying Castle in 2001, maybe? Was it 2002? It was fucking incredible because they had Queens of the Stone Age, PJ Harvey, weezer and somebody else um supporting so it was like wicked it was like queens of the stone age when they were like at their biggest too uh favorite band is the cribs who are sick uh best release of the year is bombay bicycle club release which is amazing worst band is the 1975 oh is that controversial for you abby i know you like them i really like them but it always reminds me of uh like the enemy awards when they used to call them like the worst band in the world or whatever and now they're like their darlings i just find it funny how a lot of people used to hate them and now love them but i'll be I was like that yeah yeah you have i was like that though I, when i first heard them it was just it felt like a bit formulaic to me yeah and the more i got into the record i was like no this is serious business they're yeah they're amazing uh, they write good pop songs i mean they're they're a big uh offender of having an album that's too long their last record was 22 tracks yeah it was quite a lot wasn't it i listened to it unless they're all a minute each there was That's... a no <laughs> then it's perfect um yeah although like they do they go from like having house tracks to a burial style track to having like a punk rock track to having an nxs track to like i mean yeah maddie healy i would imagine would be the worst person to watch a movie with like he's just such a restless fucker like yeah <laughs> i would love to watch a movie with him. <laughs> Come on. what are we watching All the same what are we watching <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Uh, dead on. Stick it on. Imagine him, Denise and uh, Tim. Be oh. lovely. Lovely family oh. occasion watching a movie. Oh, that'd be lovely. What do they watch? What do you reckon they watch together? I'm saying like um, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> oh, I get a dad's army vibe off those. Oh, yeah. The movie. Yeah, Not yeah, even the series. <laughs> yeah. Or Blackadder. Yeah. Um, laugh together at the same parts. Yeah. Sam's, Sam's, I don't know what that was. Sam's that was them all laughing together. <laughs> uh, our portrait of a patron, Sam, for this week, his most cringe musical experience was uh, he went to see LaRue at Leeds Festival when he was 17 rather than Rage Against the Machine. I've never lived it down. Oh, yeah, you could have seen LaRue again since, like, but Rage, they're they're a rare beast that needs to be captured. They're like the Mewtwo of, uh, of, of music. You need, to, you need to get, I don't know enough about Pokemon to keep that analogy going. <laughs> that was pretty funny actually over the past while when people were like when they start talking about um a, maybe it was black lives matter and and they got tweeted at being like i i only was a fan because i liked your music and now you're getting all political and the band yeah. were like 
Sorry, what? Rage Against the Machine. How did you listen to Rage Against the Machine? Like, talk about missing the point. Like, the thinking that Rage Against the Machine weren't a political band. Um, If you want to be a portrait of a patron, then go and um, uh, support the podcast over on the Patreon uh, website, slacker.com or patreon.com forward slash slacker podcast. That is us done. That's episode one um, of the Slacker podcast done. Thank you so much to Abby. Thank you so much to Meke. Nothing went on fire. I mean, I think I interrupted you with a clip at a really inappropriate uh, <laughs> time, which is like going to keep me up tonight, I think, a little bit. But like, uh... I haven't spoken for this long in months. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm for a night. The last time I was on like Zoom for an hour or like over an hour was drinking beers and playing poker like a proper like blokey blokey bloke bloke um, about a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah. like a total legend cigars and all <laughs> um guys thank you thank you so much for Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save-